coming up on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. So what do you do for work-life balance? So, so what is the regime now that you would, how do you do it differently? Prioritize, right? What's, what's your values? What's more important? And most of the time it's not work first. Mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. You know, I had it all flipped and upside down, right side up, you know, push most through, suck it up. I think this is a good expression we always use in athletics. For suck sure. it up, you're gonna yeah. be fine. Just yeah. hit that goal, hit that goal. Or, you know, work that one more hour, your boss is gonna recognize you. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So get your priorities straight. Like, where do you wanna spend most of your time? Who, does it wanna, who do you wanna spend it with? What are you trying to accomplish? And then sit, tee it up that way, you know? What's gonna be number one in your life? And I had it upside down. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm super excited to introduce you to Janine Michelson today. Hi. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> you're here. So this, this is just a conversation as if you and I uh, were just, you know, hanging out and whatever's on your mind, whatever's on my mind, but I really want people to know a little bit more about you. So, so tell me a little bit about you. A little bit about me. Anything you want. Anything I want. Yeah. Well, born and raised in Long Island, New York. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. And you may hear that accent come out occasionally after my second glass of wine. <laughs> and we have not had our first. We haven't had our first so this it's be a long day. Yeah, so this is, I'll probably slow down so everybody can understand what um, I'm saying. So, mm -hmm. born and raised in Long Island, New York. I've uh, fumbled my way through several states in my career. Went to school down in Virginia. Ended up in D.C., first job out of school, Okay. bounced back up to New York, spent some time, opened up a business in Massachusetts, All right. sold that, and then I now reside in Los Angeles, California. Cause you, so you're like from one extreme to the other. It's got to be near the ocean. Yeah. That's a rule. Okay. So that's it? Pretty so I'm not seeing Oklahoma in your future? Well, we don't know. Okay. TBD. Well, okay, right. You, you're wooing me. You're wooing me regularly. <laughs> I know. We have a lot of lakes here. You just never know. A lot of lakes. So you kind of skipped over the college thing because we share something in common. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us a little bit about your collegiate career. Oh, my the, career. Yeah. Uh, it was a stepping stone career. I started off at the University of Massachusetts on a full basketball scholarship. It's pretty exciting. Boom. Boom. I know. Uh, you should stand up right now. But no, don't, no, no. But no, don't because do you'll that. mess up the mic. <laughs> but like it's weird. People would not think you're 6'6". You know, it's from right because I'm not okay. So. <laughs> okay that's right. <laughs> so uh, I was part of that crazy years of basketball development, though, when they transitioned the big ball to the small ball. Oh, so that's kind of no. fun. Like during yeah. college, it happened. Or? Uh, right on my senior year in high school, no. and then it went to the small ball. All good things. Yeah, because you picked up the women's game, you can shoot further out. It was sure. really a, a really cool thing. Okay. So was at UMass, had some great success there. I was like. Rookie, you know, rookie, you want to hear come this? On, hey, there, yeah. took, come on, So Brad. I was freshman of the week a couple of times, nice. and then rookie of the year. Of course, so there you go. Course. Atlantic 10 Conference, really exciting things. And nice. then, like all Division I programs, uh, they brought in a new coach <laughs> my second year there, and I was benched because I was a Scorpio, oh. which is, of course, <laughs> the reasons why I should be benched. All coaching decisions are All based on All coaching the decisions signs. are based on <laughs> astrological signs. <laughs> so That's needless nice. to say, it didn't turn out very well for me there. Understood. And I opened up my eyes to other universities that recruited me, and that's how I ended up at James Madison University. Nice. And they were a top 25 program. 
I slid right in there and had a wonderful career. We were in the Sweet 16 both years and the Sweet. final eight my senior year. Nice. So really, really, really fun time. I'm glad I, I made that transition. It was a roller coaster ride, but oh, still yeah. great lessons learned. So I'm guessing that you learned some things when that didn't work out, though, mm -hmm. that have served you now. Like, I can look back on times I remember that I was not a starter for a long time. Mm -hmm. And in that space when I was not, I learned more about the game, mm -hmm. but I also learned more about me in that, that I never ever, you know, if I ever got back in the, in the starting right. lineup, right, that I was going to do whatever I could to, to keep it. So it's, it's really different, yeah. right? So just the transition of that alone, uh, to have your, everything you, as a high school kid, really wanted to be in, or really wanted to be an Olympian, was taken away because you mm -hmm. didn't have that control, where yeah. as an athlete, you're like, I got it, I work harder, I get stronger, I get faster. Mm -hmm. And then you realize at some level, you don't have the politics that support that. So yes, it was a transition. Yeah. And I would say, uh, like you, I was brought in to potentially be that starting role, and then my coach asked me to be the sixth man, which mm -hmm. is first one off the bench, but you don't get any of the glory. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And it was a lot of fun, and though I may have played more minutes than my counterparts, but. Sure. Uh, you, it's totally introspective and seeing exactly your character yeah. and uh, taking away the limelight of what you wanted to achieve and that the team has to achieve most um, the, the best way possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Best, what do you call it? Best possible, best possible outcome. outcome yes. And uh, sad part is I have used that theory for sure now in life. Like I it's know. crazy. Like yeah. everything that I used to get upset about, I do it now yeah. <laughs> with my team, right? Yeah. So. I like to use that transition all the time from athletics to corporate. I think it's it's easy, and for me, I tell my people right up front, I'm a former athlete, this is how I roll, and I, surprisingly, both men and women love that approach sure. because it's competitive, it's exciting, it's fun, uh, but most importantly, uh, it's very specific lessons that I learned a long time ago, totally. which makes it easy. Totally. So two things. One is, don't you hate saying former athlete? Shouldn't we say we're still an athlete? Or do you think we have to say former? So it's a good question. I think at some point you gotta let go of the glory you years. <laughs> you don't still want talking to. About you them, still though, right? talk about it. I, you know, because I think people want to hear those stories because everybody does, right? <laughs> but and I it was the only time you were famous or whatever famous maybe in whoever's yeah, mind at in your the own time. Mind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't know if I would lead with that now. Like, hey, I'm a you. former athlete. Yeah, yeah. I don't unless know. it was an all-male crowd, and then I gained immediate credibility. I think it's true. Totally. I think people, and there are companies that actually, if that is in your resume, yes. that you there's some specialists that you go on because they appreciate the discipline that it takes mm -hmm. for athletes. So I think that ends up being a plus. I agree. I'm going to cough now. Okay. <coughs> Sorry to the microphone, man. <laughs> um, so how do you think that the, you know, the athletic piece has prepared you for the business world? Do you see any similarities between the two? Team dynamics, 101, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the basics, principles of what an individual contributor does to a greater cause mm -hmm. and what are those lessons to get there. Oh, there's so much stuff. You just said a bunch of them, like everything from dedication, commitment, time, um, getting better at a personal skill. You know, all those things I think transition into what makes a better dynamic for a team, whether it's athletic or corporate. Uh, and that's what I think is so much fun. Yeah. Because it's principles that you and I were doing since we were playing like Little League Baseball when yeah. we were seven. And then you just said, oh, this makes sense because the coach said, if you do this, you will get to play more. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. want to be sitting on silence. So we just do it. So I think now today it's probably really easy for you as it is for I, for myself, is that it's just a, a natural development and how we do it. So 
I'd say you could ask anybody on my team today and they would say the same thing because I use the same vernacular. Sure. Yeah. I think it's easier. I think we, ha we do have that language that if you're not an athlete or in a band or those team things, you know, on the debate team or the spirit squad, whatever, <laughs> I think you learn something there that serves you later. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying you wouldn't learn it any other way, but I think it shortcuts. It shortcuts sure. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that's why many uh, corporations hire athletes. Yeah. They love hiring athletes because there's a quick learning curve. I think so. On how to achieve goals and stuff like that. It's very driven. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you like on your teams? And I, so I know you're a sales leader now. Mm -hmm. Would that be fair to say, a sales leader? Uh, not so much outside, okay. outside sales, but we're in the second step. So more okay. of a service sales, okay. where we're we're working more with renewal business than we are front end sale. So do you like do like from the sports days? Does does everyone have a nickname on your team or anything like that? Have you done that yet? Uh, that's a really good totally question. Totally should do it. If there's duplication of names, yeah, because then it gets too confusing. You gotta do it anyway. But nicknames? Oh, totally. It is HR compliant. Like, oh. I work corporations. <laughs> they might not let okay. me do that. Well, yeah, I didn't say it had to be that kind of nickname. Oh, okay. But don't uh, you love a nickname? I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, you feel like you go by mine. Yeah. What is your nickname? Jay. Jay. It's just easy. Janine. Yeah. There's not a lot of Janines on this planet, even though it's a really unique name. It is. And it's hard to spell. No one gets it right. Janine, but the, your last name is way harder to spell. Totally. But I, I totally have it. Okay. It takes practice, though. I know, right? Yeah. But Jay has just been easier. When I was coaching, uh, yeah. it was Coach Mike. You know, yeah. they shorten it. Being from Mike. Long Island, everybody goes by their last name, but it's shortened. Do you, so where do you prefer living? New York or LA? Forget the people that are associated to the two areas, because you have two totally families. Different. Yeah. So that's a good question. I would say I think I like the culture better in New York because I'm very uh, driven, mm. and I'm intrinsically driven. So in Los Angeles, not that people aren't, yeah. they're just, the culture is so much more laid back. Uh, it's not the same environment where um, in the movie industry, people will have a gig for three or four months and then they're off for four months and that's hmm. okay. No way. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that kind of lifestyle. And I think I that's I would so love that. Driven. I would totally. <laughs> Off for, You're like, off for four months? I'm totally, See, I'm going to yeah. go surf, right? Know, right? And that's what they do. And uh, it's totally okay because they work on um, reunions and everything like that that yeah. guarantees them work. But uh, that's an uncomfortable lifestyle for hmm. me. I like predictability. So if, you think, if you think that's laid back, do you? what do you think of being in the middle right here in Oklahoma? you think we're laid back? No, actually, I think I think okay. Oklahoma seems well right now. I haven't been anywhere else but Tulsa. But yes. right here, I think it seems very progressive. It is. Um, I think they are actively trying to stay what's ahead of the coast, right? Mm -hmm. Because New York and LA drives everything from style, fashion, business. It's just because of the biggest cities. Mm -hmm. So I can't say anything indifferent about it, but so I like it. In the back of my mind, mm -hmm. I, like there's been two times you're like, yeah, those jeans are so out. Like, don't wear those. And oh, that's like, not me, though. That's not me. But, but I'm saying when you say that to me, I like pull all of them out of my closet. Like, I'm like, okay, it. these are out. <laughs> it's like you do a clothes audit. <laughs> So I'm getting my fashion advice from you. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the person to get fashion advice. Well, I go in and I go, do you see that mannequin? Yeah. I need that outfit. Yeah. Just let's go grab it. Because I'm a buyer. I'm not a shopper at all. Well, I had like the coolest thing happen. So Rosemary uh, calls me and you know says, hey, I've got some things for you to try on. I literally have like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I run over to the store and she has like the entire closet, you know, all done. There's a woman standing there. She's like, try this and this, and then some woman, you know, comes in and like alters it, like in 15 minutes. It was heaven. It was like Pretty Woman. 
Done. Well, you have your fingertips. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. Was, there yeah. You go. <laughs> it may have been in a your own house, jeans, though. but it was a mate. <laughs> no, it was at the store. So, oh, okay. So everyone's like a personal while. shopper. Totally. Nice. Yeah, Did it she, work? For sure. Perfect. And she'll be sad that I'm in this jacket today, just because this is not her. It's not what she picked out. No, she wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't have been her go-to. So anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, uh, so, I, so let's see. You also have. So I'm going to take a super serious turn. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So you are a cancer awesome. survivor. Yeah. Do whatever you want to tell us or whatever. I think that's inspiring. It's so inspiring. Uh, it's part of my story okay. because I think uh, everybody needs to be educated on what could potentially happen because I never thought it was going to happen to me. Like no, I was that person. Yeah. So at the time I was a sports performance director for a franchise called Velocity Sports Performance and it's where we work with high-end athletes, uh, both scholastic, collegiate, and professional. Okay. And crazy shape i mean just crazy shape because you gotta practice what you preach sure and uh i sh uh, something showed up on my neck like an egg it was like the sideways egg oh, and wow. I said well it does maybe i pulled a muscle <laughs> so i waited a week and then i went across the street and checked things out and the worst delivery of cancer news possible right someone an intern it wasn't an intern it was yeah. like somebody who worked for the hospital who was probably working on their residency came in and said, "Oh, Miss Michelson, just to let you know, no. we found cancer. You're um, going to be set up for a biopsy on Tuesday. This is uh, stage four. We got to make it happen sooner than later. Tuesday's going to be at four o'clock. Make it happen. Thank you, doctor. We'll follow Gosh. up with you." And that was it. That was the delivery. So uh, you by yourself? No, my okay. uh, partner at the time was with me. Okay. So uh, she heard the news as well. And I let it process for about, I don't know, 24, 48 hours sure. to say, like, okay, I can handle this. And uh, my approach to it was exactly my way as an athlete. That's the only way I knew, right? They gave me the statistics. They told yeah. me the, what the recovery time was, but I had to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. So, you know uh, how to do that. You got this. Yeah, yeah. so I said, I, I, think I, I think I got this. Mm -hmm. I think I can handle it. So it went over the next eight months. I went in through significant chemotherapy treatment. And I never missed a day of work, and I, nice. I pushed through it because I needed to put, put myself through. I wanted to wake up in the morning, but I also wanted to be educating people on it could happen to you, because mm -hmm. it could. At the same time, I was writing my uh, business plan for opening up my own company down mm. the road. And uh, during that time, I think uh, the, my key phrase I come out of now is the word resilience, because mm. I don't think people realize how much they can actually do until they're faced with a crisis that they have to do it. Yeah. You either are going to do it or you're not going to do it. And so it just happened where I lost all my hair, <laughs> crazy stuff that was going on wow. um, in the best shape of my life. And then um, it came down. So after eight months, we went through it. And then you go through the whole process, you know, after three months, after six months. And then I had the five-year mark, technically, with my cancer was, was a Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Uh, at the five-year mark, you're considered in remission, but uh, actively recognize it because I call it my cancer card. Mm. Anytime I feel like it's hard, I always feel like it's in my back pocket. And I go, no, it's not. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. This is like, really? It's just people. I mean, that's the people I'm working with no, right, yeah. to yeah. make it a little bit weird. But uh, it scary experience, but I truly believe as I now, when I speak to some of our clients, it's a part of my story because I believe the time at it happened that stress management was really what caused wow. the open the door because I had no cancer in my family whatsoever. And then uh, I feel like the body tells us stuff and at that time it just said, no more Janine, you're just going to whack it out. Mm. So I don't encourage anybody. I really believe in work-life balance now and I teach people how to do it. So what do you do for work-life balance? So, so what is the regime now that you would, how do you do it differently? Prioritize. 
right? What's what's your values? What's more important? And most of the time, it's not work first. Mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. You know, I had it all flipped and upside down, right side up. You know, push most through, suck it up. I think this expression we always use in athletics: For suck sure. it up. You're gonna yeah. be fine. Just yeah. hit that goal. Hit that goal. Or you know, work that one more hour. Your boss is gonna recognize you. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So get your priorities straight. Like, where do you want to spend most of your time? Who's the one? Who do you want to spend it with? What are you trying to accomplish? And then. So tee it up that way, you know? What's gonna be number one in your life? And I had it upside down. Still to come on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. Can't believe I'm telling this, but when I was 42 years old, I finally came out to my family. Mm. How did that change you? Relief. I know. Really, right? right? That's I a big deal. I mean, this monkey that you didn't think was on your back for a long time of not answering all the questions with detail. Random, right? <laughs> Never How was your weekend? Yeah. Great. <laughs> How was yours? Yeah. Hey, it was great. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Like to redirect, redirect and stuff like that. And since that time, it's so much easier now. Oh, well, it's a different time period sure. too, but it's so much easier, I think, now being yourself regularly so that everybody understands it's just normal. Yeah. Like, I don't need to billboard anything. I, yeah. don't, I don't support that whatsoever, but I feel like if I just act normal, it'll be normal because I am normal. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears. I'm the co-founder of the Exceptional Leaders Lab, along with my business partner, Wally Schmader. We've put together an online leadership series that I think you're gonna find really valuable. The content is taken from our best-selling books, What Exceptional Leaders Know and The Exceptional Leaders Playbook. Our goal in the online course is that you can not only watch it, learn a little bit of information, but to be able to take that information and go immediately use it in your organization. We're gonna cover all kinds of different tactics personal development tactics, leadership tactics, things we think are going to be a, a great resource for you. We're going to talk about the six crucial steps to developing your personal brand. Everything affects your personal brand. It's the, the combination of all of these things and they create that brand. I think Jeff Bezos says it best. He says that brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. It makes you want to never leave the room, right? You don't get to choose whether you have a personal brand or not. You have one, like Tracy said, so you just get to choose what it is. All of that inf information is trying to get to one thing, and that is that you're born in a, with a particular part of your brain that's more developed. In that development, it creates this lens that you view the world. And in viewing the world through that particular lens, it creates different assumptions through the lens. Goal setting for leaders. So taking care of your most valuable asset. Organizing your personal board of directors. This next section is what Brussels sprouts and leadership have in common. Well, they talk about how you can find a leader anywhere in an organization, and it's true. And the reason it's true is because leadership is influence, and you can influence from anywhere, wherever you are in the org chart. So I think this proves that out, that old saying, you don't have to be have the big business card or the big corner office to be an influencer, that's for sure. Managing up. Making meetings work. The five conversations that leaders have to get right. Our next section is the power of recognition. We're gonna talk about all the things we can do as leaders to leverage recognition to drive performance with our team. Accountability and engagement. Let's keep the conversation going about diversity and engagement in the workplace. As a middle-aged heterosexual white guy, I'm, <laughs> an, I'm an expert at this. And if there's anything you need to know about diversity and inclusion, I'm probably the guy to go to. Progressive companies saying this is the right thing to do. You know, diversity, inclusion is something we need to do because we want to, we're good people and we want to do good things. That this is flipped now and it's just been the last three years, all of the data is piling up to make the case that if you want to perform, 
if you want to compete, you better get diverse because you're selling to a diverse audience. You can't be one thing and sell to another, right? So if you want to, if you want to sell to everybody, if you want to sell a lot, if you want to provide a lot of service, you better get diverse, you better get inclusive. Now that you've seen a little bit about the course, hopefully you're super excited to get started. All you need to do is go to exceptionalleaderslab.com, click on the box that says online course and sign up today. anybody like be interviewed or listen to mm -hmm. anyone that's gone through an event like that mm -hmm. and not say exactly what you're saying which is it just changes your priorities right like you're Has in this to. auto so everyone always goes it was the greatest thing that ever happened which we know it, it isn't but what we know is the greatest thing that happened out of that was the the lessons know, the life lessons right. that came out of it yeah. yeah because it's one of the things that you can't control because toxins rolling through your body just shuts your body down mm. so when we used to as athletes we used to go oh I'll suck it. I can push yeah. further I can't you know get my time right you can't do that when something takes your body like yeah. that yeah. and that plays on your head sure. first of all sure. and I truly believe that if you're in the right mindset that's half the healing in itself yeah. both prior and after. Do you think that's the most vulnerable you've ever felt because you weren't in control? Interesting. I, it was my second time. I feel like I had three major moments. My first was when my scholarship oh. messed up at UMass and yeah. I was an 18 year old kid going, my dreams have just been taken away from me. Sure. And I knew that missing that year was gonna keep me out of being an Olympian. Right? Mm. That was my first one. Oh. This was definitely my second one. Okay. Things I couldn't control. Yeah. Oh. Are you going to hit me with your third? Sure. My third one was, I uh, can't believe I'm telling this, but when I was 42 years old, I finally came out to my family. Ooh. That was number three. Wow. Those three life events have completely changed me. Mm. How did that third one change you? Relief. I know. Really? Right? right? That's I a big deal. Know. And he, this monkey that you didn't think was on your back for a long time of not answering all the questions with detail. I know. Random, right? <laughs> Never How was your weekend? Yeah. Great. <laughs> How was yours? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Like to redirect, redirect and stuff like that. Yeah. And since that time, it's so much easier now. Well, it's a different time period sure. too, but it's so much easier, I think, now being yourself regularly so that everybody understands it's just normal. Yeah. Like, I don't need to billboard anything. I, yeah. don't, I don't support that whatsoever. But I feel like if I just act normal, it'll be normal because I am normal. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It's... It's, we could talk forever about that. Totally. You know, obviously we share that, and you know, the idea that we would have to even have the conversation is maddening. Mm -hmm. Don't you love today's generation who could not care less who anybody's married to or what they are, and they don't even want to be labeled with a gender? Like, I'm like, rock on! I know. <laughs> like, my, like no labels, no boxes. I think that's. I that was inspiring. My nephew at the time when I came out, I wimpy. It was a wimp move, but I wanted to make sure they all found out at the same time, so I did it in a. A very sweet email and I just teed it up <laughs> because you know if you tell one sibling over the other That's why did you tell hilarious. them first why did you tell them so I hit them all at one time but the joke out of it and it's actually a true story is my nephew they all respond to me like you know duh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've known for years <laughs> tell us that uh, we don't know tell me something yeah. I know. but my nephew had the best response and he just said Aunt Jay I thought you were going to tell me something really critical that you became a Red Sox fan. Because at the time I was living in Massachusetts. That's his response. And that's nice. that generation, yeah. right? And he's like, oh my God, no big deal. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's a great story. So that's the question. So you're a Yankees fan? What are you? At? Of course oh, I am. You are? Totally? I'm not no, even converted. No Mets? Never? No Mets ever. Okay. Yankees only. Was it a family thing or mm -hmm. like? Just me. 
right. Derek Jeter, how do you not respect that man? He's phenomenal. I'm so well, sad he's out. This is, I did like Derek Jeter, mm -hmm. but when you grow up in Oklahoma where there's no professional team. Again, Oklahoma. I know, right? Coast. Exactly. <laughs> but back in my day, I'm I sound super old. Right. When we had those cable boxes, you don't even remember this. They yes, used to be like plastic and you'd hit these big buttons. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And you had two buttons on there that you could watch baseball, and you were either going to be a, an Atlanta Braves fan because it was the Atlanta channel, you picked it up, or the Chicago Cubs fan. That's it. Done. Chicago Cubs, like the, the love the Chicago to Cubs. It, as today. today. So today. you celebrated. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. Completely. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a really big deal. If, first time I went to Wrigley Field, so I'd watched it on TV, mm -hmm. you know, forever. I walked in and I just burst into tears. <laughs> Everyone's like. What is wrong with her? And I'm like, no, the grass is so much greener than it is on TV. Like, I, it was a spiritual moment. It was mm. weird. But real Cubs fans understand exactly what I'm talking about. Interesting. I mean, just the history, you could feel it. Mm -hmm. And I still like the underdog. Like, I find myself rooting for the underdog oftentimes. You? Well, no, you're a Yankees fan. I've, well, you know, to be you honest with you. don't care about the underdog. I, you know, I've, I've trained athletes, right? So my whole, most part, good portion of the beginning part of my career, I was training athletes, and not that I don't, I thought it was really glitzy, it was sexy, and it was a ton of fun, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's, it's hard, like, yeah. it's egos everywhere. So I find today, my, my direction goes to all college sports, and then mm. I follow coaches, because I'm fascinated by coaching, just coaching, because uh, I love that they get a 17-year-old kid, and they have to make them into something that brings in millions of dollars for I the know. university. I and I think that skill alone is amazing. Yeah. And so like I get around the books, biographies, again, transitioning yeah. back to what I do with corporate. It's the same, same. Yep. So who's your favorite coach? Uh, today? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I, I don't have a favorite one right now. So I'm gonna, so while you're thinking, so I was fortunate I got to speak at Notre Dame and mm. Muffet McGraw Love was, on the, Love. was on the panel and they asked her a question, mm -hmm. and they said, so you've been doing this for a long time, they just won the national championship, yes. right? Not when I was doing this inter the, on the panel, but, uh, and the question to her was, what's the one thing that you wish you would have known as a coach earlier on? That's a good question. You have a guess, you want me to tell you? No, tell me. Totally, it was kind of surprising, and she said, I wish I would have understood how important it was for my players that I really know who they are, that I get more connected to that relationship. I thought that was fascinating. It's real fascinating but because it goes, it goes right back to what you just said. Exactly. You yeah. know, the more you know your staff. And I think sometimes, too, um, leadership is afraid to cross that boundary. For sure. Well, because of what's going on yeah. today, right? Yeah. With HR. Well, like, yeah. and especially when it's... Um, different genders, I think that's also a big, like, whoa, I don't know how personal do I, and now it's like this whole highlighted thing. But I think it's so important just to know what drives a person. Like how, and maybe sure. just ask them that question, like what motivates you, yeah. you know, and specific questions like that, because those details, I think, say the difference. I always ask on an interviewing process, like what's your favorite book, or what mm. book are you reading right now? Because I think that says a lot about a person. What are you reading right now? I. I just got my copy of your recent book. You like that? Look, that's going to look like a tee up. It's totally not a setup. That is fantastic. Actually, I'm, I'm reading a book right now that was recommended from, from our CEO to our executive management team, and I just happened to hear, because I'm not a part of that team, I, got, I happened to hear adjacent of what it is, and I'm not going to have the title right. Okay. It's on, I'm halfway through it now, and it's something about time and management, but it's 
a book that specifically talks about being more of an agile community and mm. how we can be more agile as leaders and what is, this is my new word, what is causing organizational drag in your today world mm. and then how do I eliminate that? Okay. And so he sent that out to his executive and I just, of course I cheat. Saw it. And yeah. I, well, I've asked questions. I'm like, what are you reading? Hey, what are you reading? Yeah. And I heard the rumors that they were reading this so I got my hands on a copy of nice. it trying to replicate that with my team because I realized very quickly that there's some meetings that I don't need to be having yeah. and I can want my people with my clients. Totally. So organizational drag, that's my new thing right now, I'm being like more it. agile. So when we take on a client, yeah. one of the first things we do when we go into an organization, mm -hmm. like we work with a leader, is we say, "Let's we want to see your calendar. Mm -hmm. And literally, like, well, tell me all the meetings that are recurring. Sure. Who's in that meeting? How many times do you meet? Like, because like all of those things that get stuck on your calendar, all of a sudden, you end up with you know half of them. A good thirty percent of them usually are eliminated just mm -hmm. with like an an audit, like those things that are are you know keeping you from you know doing the, the opportunity cost, doing the <laughs> exactly. other things that you need to do. Yeah, for exactly. sure. So yeah. I love that though. Yeah, I'll hmm. remember the author. I'm just blanking on it right now. That's right. Well, as an author, I'm sad that you're not remembering the I author's know. name. Sorry but about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm sure it has happened. It happens all the time. Uh, so, never reading for pleasure. Is you, are you just like the business book person? Because you kind of are immersed in learning new business techniques. Fair to say? I'm a lifetime learner. Period. Nice. Uh, I don't. If I'm going to be reading something, I'm going to apply it. Yeah. I'm going to find something from it and take what I can from it and put it into action. Okay. Cool. So I, I got I you. Yeah. But what, what what do you do for hobbies? Like what are your like when you so on that downtime now that you sure. you're ten years on the other side of that you're mm -hmm. you get it that you need you know better balance. What are you doing that you're the most content? Like when you're like ah oh, man this is what, what what's going on? That's a good question. Uh, I like working out. No one loves working out anymore. I was right? say liar. Like, liar, liar. Like, <laughs> like is a like. I like it. Yeah. Do I do it enough? No. But I like it. Yeah. Uh, it helps my brain stay balanced. I like going to the movies and doing nice. nothing but people watching on their experience about what's happening in the movies. They're trying to guess the outcome before I know it. I'm that's actually actually really good at that. What a weird spin. So you're not even watching the movie, you're watching the people watching the movie. Well that's fun <laughs> because I live in LA so I, I might be with people that have made the movie. Save the eight bucks and yeah, just sit exactly. outside the movie theater. Or get the screener. And all right. <laughs> yeah there's that. Yeah. You know I'll go to the movie theater. We mm -hmm. will just not knowing what movie we're going to see my wife likes popcorn and literally what do you want to do tonight I'd like to have popcorn which means we're going to the you movie we walk up and we go what, what's about to start because she eats like a giant tub of popcorn you know she's you've yeah, met her she's, oh, she's a little tiny eats like a bird except this large popcorn with butter on it and won't share it at all <laughs> but we'll it's go rules. Totally. boundaries whatever the next movie is nice We'll go see it so she can have popcorn. And we've seen like some amazing movies. We would have you guys do go to movies a lot. We totally do. You give us like popcorn. the review. <laughs> I didn't realize it was popcorn. It's totally. So popcorn drives it. Yes, yeah, so we're going for know. popcorn and then we see a movie on the side. So <laughs> it's true. Because nobody so makes popcorn like the movies, right? Like I know. And why we're not just swinging by and getting it and going home, I don't know. But we're there, so we're going to watch it. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie? have a favorite movie. Do you have a genre that you like? Do you like romantic comedies, mysteries? What do you, what do you I watching? like mysteries and suspense so I can figure out the ending. Ah. I like to jump to the and I'm pretty bad at that actually. I if think you're sitting next out? to me I'll be like, oh this guy totally did it. Oh yeah, that's the worst. And I don't know, yeah. but I don't mean to talk out loud. Yeah. I'm that person. I don't oh. mean I can't even believe I'm admitting it to you because 
Yeah, and yeah. so that's been a decision maker right there. So whether or not you want to go to the movies with I me, know. if we go to something like that, I don't know why I know how to do that. Do you, so I the one movie I never figured out until the end, and you're going to go, I knew that like 10 minutes in, was Sixth Sense. Yeah, I knew that. You knew that totally? I did. I didn't get it. Did you know I had it? No, not, not the first second in. It okay. was, I think, mid-movie when they kept, they okay. always show subtly that person who's actually going to be the killer. Yeah. They throw them in occasionally. It's supposed to redirect because they have some like different position. Uh, I did get that one. That's yeah, funny. I didn't. Yeah, no, that was. It's I, a great movie. Yeah. It Creepy, was a great movie. but great. Yeah. Well, I like anything he's in. Bruce Willis was mm -hmm. in. Is that right? Yeah, that was Bruce mm -hmm. Willis. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's, what's exciting about what's going on in your life now? Like what are you most excited about and what are you most looking forward to about what's next for you? Great. I am most excited right now about a new space that I've been working on with my current company and they've given me the green light to develop an entire leadership curriculum for our new and current managing staff and that's been really exciting because as I started off my career in, in teaching it's now given me that teaching approach to adults and also now with uh, teaching them the same skills and lessons that I learned to pay forward mm -hmm. that I feel have been fairly successful in creating strong teams and so that's been really exciting because it's not my normal job though I love what I do because I'm impacting people and changing lives through health and wellness nice. so now it's an added on to help duplicate what we do so that our global team actually gets stronger in delivering our message. Sounds like the perfect job for you, right? It's a lot of fun right now because yeah. my boss allows me to go back and forth, which I like. Yeah. yeah. Well, anytime you have somebody like you or anybody on a team and you let them do the thing that they're best at mm -hmm. and they're most passionate about, no way the company doesn't benefit, right? Right. For sure. And they won't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I'm just going to say this, like when we met, which has been a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. um, the moment I met you, <laughs> I, I knew we would be lifelong friends yes. and I'm, just, I'm so grateful our paths have crossed and more importantly that we're on the same path. Me too. Yeah. It's so going to be fun. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you letting me go. Of course. <laughs> Next time on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. I was stunned when I saw that, so I walked in and you have this uh like something you'd go buy at sam's or yes or office depot yes like a menu board isn't it like yes. you stick the letters on yes. turkey sandwich but instead <laughs> it says like be amazing today or something yes. right yes yes I, th I think that's i think that's awesome yeah so it just helps them to you know as they walk out of our staff lounge to see a something positive and hopefully that starts their day off yeah a little bit better yeah Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. To find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials, check us out at tracyspears.com.